to the Prophecy Club. Today, we are going to talk about signs, signs of the end time. Is the end time here? And then, of course, we have to ask ourselves, well, what are you talking about on the end time? Are you trying to say that Jesus is about to return? Or are you trying to say that the seven-year tribulation is about ready to start? Or are you saying that we're about to go into the world government, the new world order? Or you simply say that it's getting close to the end time. I mean, exactly what are we talking about? And that's a real big, important thing. Okay, so first of all, I don't think that we're necessarily going to be talking about trying to predict exactly the time that Jesus returns. I think that there's so many signs between now and then. We're going to have a pretty good idea <laughs> that it's getting real close before then. But I think what we are really looking for is just how close is it to the New World Order, to the start of the Tribulation. Really, the thing we ought to be looking for and asking ourselves for is, when is the judgment, speaking of the judgment, that will bring the miracles? And I'll refresh your memory again. August 8, 2015, Saturday night, I said, Lord, I don't have anything to say for the sermon tomorrow morning. What do you want to say? And I heard words. I promise. I'm not lying. I heard words. This is the time of miracles. Then he downloaded my heart and said, as the judgment hits, so will my miracles. Miracles like no one has seen, going all the way back to Adam and Eve. You tell them, I will never leave them nor forsake them. And as the devil shows up, I'm going to meet him inch for inch, step for step, pound for pound, everything he does. I'm going to meet him. Now, let's get back to the topic today. Is the tribulation real close? So are we looking at the new world order starting perhaps as early as maybe even this year? And the new financial system that they say is coming on board, according to finalwakeupcall.info, is that coming on this year? And is that going to be the start of the 10-nation confederacy that will eventually be the new world order of the world government? July 13th, 2021, headline. Why are hundreds of giant sinkholes suddenly opening up all over the planet? This comes to us from mostimportantnews.com. Is something very unusual happening to our world, he says? Hundreds of giant sinkholes have been suddenly appearing all over the globe. And this is deeply alarming for a lot of people for months. I've been coming across news stories about how giant sinkholes during my daily search sessions, and at first I just ignored them. But lately, there have been so many stories about giant sinkholes, I decided to start looking into this phenomenon. Of course, there have always been sinkholes, and so that isn't a shock when one suddenly appears somewhere, but in many cases, they're caused by heavy rain, broken water pipes, or maybe even earthquakes. But what is the difference about 2021? In fact, that hundreds and hundreds of absolutely enormous sinkholes have been suddenly appearing all over the globe. This is not just a bad year, or is this an indication that something truly strange is really happening to the crust of our planet? Okay, now, now hang on. We're going to go back to the article here in just a second. First of all, what could it be? Well, it could be that our earth is beginning to wobble back and forth. You remember Isaiah 21 says that it'll wobble back and forth like a drunken, turn it upside down, scatter the broad, the inhabitants thereof. You remember that we also have a scalar wave going on. That's the, 
the device that can knock out anything in the air, on the gland, on the sea, under the sea, any place on the globe, anytime they want to. And the most beautiful part of this weapon is you can't tell who did it. You can't even tell how it was done. Matter of fact, they think that that's what took out the Thresher submarine back in the what? The late 1960s, I think it was. They also suspect that's what took out the Challenger. But again, (laughs) the beautiful part of the weapon is you can't prove it. (laughs) It's able to detect missiles any place on the globe flying through the air, any place, not just over the horizon, but any place on the globe. And it's able to knock them out. Again, anything in the air, on the land, on the sea, under the sea, any place on the globe, anytime it wants to. And it can also put in energy to an area. means that it can make large areas of the atmosphere turned super hot. Or it can also remove energy from large areas. In other words, it can make cold fronts, cold snaps, kind of like we saw all over uh, South Texas this past winter. And kind of like we're seeing all over the western United States right now with the big drought, no rain, and superheat. Okay, my opinion, that's probably scalar wave. Now, I'd love to have the truth on this, but I don't have the truth on it. But according to, I believe it was Bill Snevelin that made the DVD for Prophecy Club, which you can go watch instantly at watchprophecyclub.com. It's called Russia's Secret Weapon to Defeat America. Russia's Secret Weapon to Defeat America, Bill Sneblin, WatchProphecyClub.com. Fascinating, fascinating. I mean, you know, he's a minister, but he did his research, and as far as I know, this is about the only DVD out there on it, and it's really good, and he really explains it. Really, He's a really good speaker. Uh, He's known for being able to take complicated things, you, you might say, bring the hay down, so that the cows can eat it. So he's able to take complicated things and bring them down to where us common folks can listen and understand them. And that's what he did in that DVD. It was a video. It is fantastic. Go and watch it. Anyway, so let's get back to this. So why are giant sinkholes? Well, the truth is, I don't know, and probably you don't know either, but I suspect it might be some kind of scalar wave. I suspect it might be the hand of God. I suspect that it might be, well, okay, let's go to the Bible a little bit. Genesis 1.14. And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of heaven to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. So the lights in the heaven, that means sun, moon, stars, are actually sometimes signs. Then we go to Exodus 4.6. And Exodus 4, 6 says, The Lord said furthermore unto him, Now put thine hand into thy bosom. And he put his hand into his bosom. In other words, basically we would say, Put your hand in your shirt. Okay. When he took it out, it was leprous as snow. And he says, Now put it back. He put it back, pulled it back out, and it was normal. And he says, If they won't believe this sign, then try this one. Pour out water, and it's going to turn from water to blood in midair before it even hits the ground. So sometimes miracles are signs. Sometimes they're not. Go to Deuteronomy 26, and the sons of Eliahab, and I'll skip those words, which were famous in the congregation who strove against Moses and against Aaron in the company of Korah. When they strove against the Lord, the earth opened up her mouth and swallowed them up together with Korah. And when that company died, now I like this part, listen carefully. What time the fire devoured 250 men and they became a sign. 
that's the morning star. In other words, it's the same thing when God said, let there be light. And then when Jesus returns at the end, when he uses the morning star to burn up all the terrors, it's the same fire of God. Fire devoured 250 men. And you see the same thing happen with the 50 men that come after Elijah and lies upon a rock. And the fire from God just devoured 50 men. <laughs> Boom, just like that, they're gone. So sometimes there's a sign from God to prove it's God. Sometimes a sign can also lead people away. Deuteronomy 13, 1 says, And if there arise a prophet or a dreamer of dreams among you that give you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder come to pass whereof he spake unto thee, saying, Let us go after other gods which thou hast not known, and let us serve them. Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God proveth you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice, and you shall serve him and cleave in him. Meaning, sometimes he allows the prophet or the dreamer of dreams to have a dream to test, and it's not necessarily of him. It's not necessarily going to come to pass. Well, we don't like that, okay? We like to believe that if, they're, uh, if they've ever had something come to pass once, definitely if they've had it come to pass two or three times, we want to believe that the next thing is of God. In other words, we're looking for something to say, okay, how do we really know? How do we really know that this is God? Matthew twelve thirty eight. Then the certain of the scribes and the Pharisees answered, saying, Master, we'd like to see a sign from thee. But he answered and said to them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a son. And there shall be no sign given it but the sign of the prophet Jonas. For as Jonas was it three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so the Son of Man shall be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. He was speaking about during the Feast of Unleavened Bread, after he was crucified, it was three days before he arose from the dead. They wanted a sign, but they didn't accept the sign that he gave them. Yes, there was one really big sign when somebody can come back from the dead after being dead three days, and they don't accept the sign. That's a big problem. And again, the Jews didn't accept that sign. So today we're kind of looking and asking ourselves, are these sinkholes a sign? Let me go back to the article. He says, let me start by talking about a giant sinkhole that just keeps growing in Mexico. It is now 124 meters wide, and it has already swallowed a house and two dogs. Back in May, a farm in Mexico started developing a sinkhole that has since caused the evacuation of a family living nearby in a house. The collapse of that same house and rescue operation for the two dogs, like the house, were swallowed up in the sinkhole. As this past weekend, the sinkhole on a farmland in, it gives the place in Mexico, he says by itself, just one sinkhole in Mexico was not that big a deal. But this sort of thing is happening all over the globe. For example, a 17-year-old kid recently discovered a sinkhole 200 feet deep in his grandfather's field that literally developed in just one night. The night before, he'd been walking in the area and said that there was no sinkhole there the day before. Now he goes back 200 foot deep. He says it's not an isolated occurrence. In the Kona province, several sinkholes have appeared there in recent years, most notably a monstrous 57,414 square foot, which is 10 miles wide chasm that revealed ancient human cave dwellings 
Of course, most Americans could care less about what happens on the other side of the world. So he says, let me give you some examples right here in the United States. On Sunday, two vehicles fell, two vehicles fell into a large sinkhole that suddenly appeared in a key section of Manhattan. The two vehicles got stuck in the sinkhole after part of the street they were parked on simply collapsed underneath them. It was discovered about 10.30 a.m. on the Riverside Drive. Elsewhere in New York, a sinkhole eight foot deep recently appeared right in the middle of a family's lawn. The family in Nassau County says that they're getting the runaround from the city and their insurance company after an eight-foot sinkhole appeared in their driveway following a period of heavy rain. Then another guy came home in his Elmont driveway and saw a gaping hole right in front of his front lawn. Down in Florida, hundreds and hundreds of sinkholes have been developing just in the last few months. He says, in fact, so many sinkholes have been developing in Florida that the state government maintains a regulated, updated map that shows where they're located. He has a place where you can click on the map. And how do, it, it, it looks like someone has a lot of freckles. In other words, it's almost like there's not a place in Florida where there's not a dot. Mark sixteen fifteen says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Okay, so this is what we look for. Somebody wants to say, oh, yeah, yeah, I've accepted Jesus. I believe in Jesus. Well, these are the signs you look for. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents and any deadly thing they drink. They shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. God also has some other signs. Now, today we're talking about signs of the last day. So let's jump to Luke twenty-one twenty-five, And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon, and in the stars, and in sinkholes. No, 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 no. Sinkholes is <laughs> sinkholes is not in the scripture. I just had you go in there for a second. But it kind of is hinting that it has something to do with earthquakes. And in just a second, I'm going to read to you about earthquakes are a sign. Signs in the sun and the moon of the stars upon the earth to distress of nations with perplexity. That word perplexity means that there is no solution. The sea and the waves roaring. Now, in my opinion, this is about three days before Jesus returns. So as Jesus sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when shall these things be and what shall be the sign of thy coming and at the end of the world? Now, he, he was asked three questions. He was not just asking, when is the end of the world? When are you going to return? He said, when are these things be? Well, what things is he talking about? He had just told the disciples. Well, here, let me back up. Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And sure enough, about 40 years later, in 70 A.D., Jerusalem was sacked, and they burned the temple. When they burned the temple, what they did not know is all along the top of the temple, it was lined with gold, lots of gold. So as they burned the temple, the gold melted, and the melted gold ran down between these giant stones. I've been there. I've seen them. Okay, They're like about four foot tall and about 10 to 12 foot long and about four foot across. 
In other words, each one of the stones is about the size of a Volkswagen, but it is a very, very heavy stone. And the problem is, is this, the stones were, I'm going to say, 75 to 100 foot high. So try to imagine, to get the gold, they had to remove the stones because the gold had run down between the stones. It ran down between this one and then spread out between this one. So it literally ran all between the stones. So the soldiers got up there and removed every one of those stones to get the gold. Well, a stone of that size, try to imagine this, four foot by four foot by ten foot, falling a hundred foot, even though it was falling on a stone um, pavement, I guess you'd call it, it knocked a hole in that thing like four foot deep. And it's like that all around the temple. Again, I've been there. I've seen it. These huge stones. And then, of course, they knock the next stone down, they knock the next stone down, until finally they get all of the gold. So exactly as Jesus prophesied, it all came to pass. Now let's jump to verse 4. So Jesus answered them and said to them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come into my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And that has been coming to pass, but I think there's still a whole lot more coming. You shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. That has come to pass, but there's more coming. See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. I think that that's probably World War I, World War II, you know, Korea War, all that sort of stuff. There should be famines, pestilences, here it is, here it is, earthquakes in divers places. Now, it didn't say that when you see famines, I'm coming. It didn't say when you see pestilences, I'm coming, or earthquakes. It said when you see all these are the beginning of sorrows. When you see all of those famines, pestilences, earthquakes, all taking place on about around the same time, that's when you look for it. Has that come to pass yet? I don't think we've seen all of them. Yeah, there's been a lot of famine, a lot of pestilences, but earthquakes? However, if you do some research, maybe somebody should and send me the research, all nicely summarized, please, all ready for radio, send it to askstan at prophecyclub.com. Askstan at prophecyclub.com. If you do some research, you'll notice that the earthquakes just recently, I would say over the, like, the last five, ten years, have had a drastic increase, not only in how many of them, but the severity of them. Verse 9. Then they shall deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. I believe that that's talking about World War II. Then shall many be offended and shall betray one another. I don't think that's talking about World War II because we didn't see the Jews turning other Jews in. I mean, of course, there was a few, but for the most part, they were all offended, all turned over to Auschwitz and Dachau and Treblinka and all burned in the ovens. In other words, they weren't betraying one another. So what is this talking about? I think that this is talking about in the future. It jumped to the future there. And then shall many be offended, betray one another, and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. Now, I'm afraid that we're getting close to that right now. The internet is covered with prophet wannabes. Matter of fact, I heard Leslie just yesterday is making some videos. She's about to start a new website. I will be bringing that to you to let you know where you can go and check out her website. But... 
it is sorely needed for a real prophet to stand up and say, this is what a prophet looks like, sounds like, this is the way they brush their teeth, this is where they comb their hair, you know what I'm saying, okay? In other words, so that people can tell when this is really a prophet and when it's really not, because there's so many people prophesying left and right, you know, especially, you know, the, here's going to be the next president, who's going to be elected, all that sort of stuff. And they're not really prophets. They're not really hearing from God. So in my opinion, many false prophets shall rise and deceive many. We're in the early phases of that. I don't think it's in full bore yet, but I think we're in the early phases of that. And because iniquity shall abound, <laughs> like right now in America, the love of many shall wax cold. We have seen a division come in America that I've never seen in my 67 years on the earth. But he shall, that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. Now, i got to talk about that. First of all, it is not setting a goal for every Christian to try to endure to the end. Neither is it saying, you can, if, even if you don't accept Jesus, if you endure to the end, you're going to be saved. That's not what it's saying. It's saying that if you make it to the end, there's going to be a small group of people. They are the corners not harvested that did not take the mark of the beast, so they're not tossed into the lake that burns with fire and brimstone for all eternity. But they didn't accept Jesus. So the name's not in the book of life. They do not get eternal life. Those are the nations. That's what the Bible calls them, the nations. And they are allowed to live up to a thousand years. And at the end of the thousand years, the beast that ascended out of the bottomless pit is released from his prison, and he goes out to deceive the nations of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them to battle the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went upon the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about in the beloved city. And fire from God, that's the morning star, fire from God out of heaven devoured them. So at the end of the 1,000 years, they're all burned up. But their judgment is still handed out on the Feast of Trumpets. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation. This is the big thing to watch for, but hopefully you have already made plans. But You should have already recognized the Antichrist or the beast long before this, but this is the thing that will absolutely positively show you that this is the beast. When you therefore see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet stand in the holy place, then let him which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Neither let him that is in the field return back to take clothes. And woe to them that are with child that give suck in those days. But pray that your flight be not in winter, neither on the Sabbath though day. For then should be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of, of this world, even to this time, no, nor ever shall be. Meaning, when, let's say, for example, we're living in Jerusalem, in the middle of the tribulation, when we see a man go in and sit on the Ark of the Covenant and say, I am God, that is the abomination of desolation. That is making a holy place desolate. That's, that's what it's talking about. And at that point, we are to run. I mean, literally run to the hills. And the hill we run to is 216 miles straight south down to the real Mount Sinai. And on the way, there's going to be a real big flood that comes down those ravines and tries to drown us, if you're there. And the earth is going to open up and swallow up the flood. The dragon cast out of his mouth, and the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So after he sees that the earth swallows up the water, 
where he was trying to drown the Christians that saw the abomination of desolation. And when he sees that the earth helps the woman, helps the people that are the believers by swallowing up the water, then the dragon or the beast then leaves and goes down to make war with the people that are living in Jerusalem. So, and and by the way, the ones that do see the abomination of desolation and run south to Mount Sinai, they are supernaturally protected for the last three and a half years of the tribulation. So when people uh, email me and say, hey, what's the best thing to do if you do want to try to to survive all the way to the end of the tribulation? I'd say, well, the best thing to do is first of all, I don't think you had a plan on that. That's that's the wrong objective. My objective is not try to live, live a long life. My objective is to win a lot of souls. But if that is your objective, then I would suggest you live in Jerusalem during the tribulation. And yes, there's going to be a lot of trouble, but I think there'll be less trouble there until the abomination of desolation. When you see that, you better be running. But if you're reading my books, I'll tell you how to spot the Antichrist early so you could have already left Jerusalem before that time. You're already down at Mount Sinai already before that comes. And you might be saying, yeah, well, I don't want to live down Mount Sinai. That's in northern Saudi Arabia, and that's very dry and hot and desert. Yeah, well, that's the way it is now. But the Bible says that the desert is going to blossom like a rose. One of the things we want to do is when we get a piece of property— and we have worked out a deal to give oil to Israel in exchange for a property, I want to be able to say, allow me to build a land of unwalled villages and bring Christians and Jews from around the world, and I believe we're going to be supernaturally protected until such time as the abomination of desolation is committed, and then our land of unwalled villages, along with the rest of them in Jerusalem, will all be running to Mount Sinai, but it's going to be well-watered. At that time, it's going to be like the Garden of Eden. And I know it sounds like that's talking about the millennium, but it's not. I've researched it thoroughly, believe me. In other words, when we get this land, we're going to send people out that are walking and praying the land and releasing the sins from the land, and the desert is going to blossom like a rose. So in summary, do these sinkholes to me sound like that they are a sign that Jesus is coming? No. That the tribulation is getting close? Yes. That the new world order is getting close? Yes. It's another sign of which there are many. In 2017, God helped me to memorize the book of Revelation and gave me 30 revelations, two visions, and an audible voice. God showed me the word first fruits is a secret door linking the feasts of Leviticus to the prophecies of Revelation. For the first time, the end time prophecies of Revelation can be placed in correct chronological order. One prophetic word said, there is a lock I put over a word in the book of Revelation I'm going to open unto you. It will turn many books written on the end time message into obsolete books. That's this book. It's called The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. So what if you had to tell a person the most important thing in the world, but you knew they're probably not going to believe you? Well, if you're listening to this, I believe you'd probably still tell them. Well, the most important thing to do is to receive Jesus. But the most important information is to not take the mark of the beast because those people taking the mark of the beast do not get soul death, but they're tossed into eternal torment in hell without any possibility of escape. We put it into a book, miss the mark, don't take the mark of the beast, a simple book to give to people. If they read, they will never take the mark of the beast.
countless people are believing that they're not going to see any trouble of the tribulation. They're going to go in rapture, which is a misunderstanding. So God had me write a book called How Pre-Trib Won. It explains how the Christian church was so snookered into believing a misunderstanding like this, and it helps them through scriptures to see the truth that there is not going to be a pre-trib, mid-trib, or pre-wrath rapture. No one is going any place to escape any testing. It's called How Pre-Trib Won. Then, the book of Daniel, most people agree, is probably the most difficult book in the Bible to understand. So I wrote a book called Tribulation Secrets in Daniel, which gives this last generation the explanation and the parts of Daniel that they need to endure the tribulation. Pure and simple, it takes Daniel and makes it easy to understand. It's called Tribulation Secrets in Daniel. As you know, many of the broadcasts have referred to a list of dreams, visions, and audible voices from people like Demetri Dudeman, Michael Boldea, Leslie Johnson, Henry Gruber, and others. We put together a special radio offer. You can get 10 How Pre-Trib One, 10 Tribulation Secrets in Daniel, 10 Miss the Mark, 5 Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy, 5 God's Warnings to America, totaling 40 books valued at $800 for a gift of just $100 at prophecyclub.com. That's 40 books valued at $800 for a gift of just $100 at prophecyclub.com. Prophecyclub.com. Cornerstoneassetmetals.com is owned by a prophecy student who reads his King James Bible and supports Prophecy Club. Call cornerstoneassetmetals.com for gold, silver, palladium, rhodium bars, or coins. They can help you roll over your IRA, 401k, so tell cornerstoneassetmetals.com Prophecy Club sent you. Due to many emergencies across the land, most people are out of Berkey water filters. We have them in stock at prophecyclub.com. Click like, share, subscribe, and send to a friend.